Welcome to Restart Radio, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we do not focus on the new shiny shiny things to buy. We focus on the value in the stuff we already have. The Restart project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronics repair events are just the beginning. My name is Ugo Valauri from the Restart Project and I'll be your host. I'm joined by longtime Restart volunteer Ben Skidmore. Hey. Thanks, Ben, and Happy New Year to everyone. Great to be back. In this episode, we're going to talk about the future of listening and uh, headphones in particular, their evolution, the pitfalls, uh, whether wireless is the future or whether we are allergic to wireless. And we're going to talk about a new product that was recently unveiled. So in a sense, sometimes we do talk about the new shiny shiny, but mostly to think about whether the new shiny shiny is worth it or not. So Ben, you probably been um, flooded with news towards the end of the year of the final release of the Apple AirPods, mm. which is not a new iPod. W what are they? Well, so... Um They are uh, wireless earbuds, but they look very much like the traditional uh, earpods that come with your iPod. Uh, so they're really tiny and there's no cable uh, and, and they're almost uh, so small you could lose them in your ears. And yeah, the main difference is that earpods uh, cost nothing, as in you've already paid them when you buy an iPhone, mm -hmm. um, while these cost another £159, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So there's been a lot of controversy around this product, uh, particularly because it was first announced and then it never uh, was re re released for months. Mm -hmm. And uh, so apparently some lucky, uh, so to say, customers um, managed to buy them just in the week before Christmas, mm. but they're not really available widely and probably also because it's a bit of a niche product isn't it yeah i think they're they're mostly going to be picked up by people who are um very much embedded in the apple uh universe and they want all of the equipment to match and it's it to be fair they're not just compatible with apple products uh, they're based on bluetooth uh, uh standards so you can use them with all kinds of other devices including all Android phones, mm, for instance. That's true. But there is something very special technologically and not about them. Uh, what did you find out about them? Uh, well, it's interesting because uh, they can connect uh, independently. So a lot of the common issues uh, with synchronizing the left and right earphones aren't actually there uh, because they both connect directly to your device, whether it's a computer or a phone. Uh, so that seems to be uh, one functional part of it. So normally... Um, wireless uh, Bluetooth uh, headsets tend to be uh, dragged by the problem that you lose connection fairly um, frequently. Mm. And also there is a delay between the left and the right ear yeah. because normally the sound is transported first to one and then uh, relayed to the other one. Um, but these are concerns that probably don't... Uh, are not such big concerns for most people who listen to music. Um, what else does this device do that is able to justify 160 pounds? Uh, I mean, it, it's 
it's interesting because actually they might be standard features in other devices, but it's quite impressive when you think that in that little earpiece there is a uh, sensor so it knows when it's in your ear. So if you pop it out, it pauses the music. So if someone talks to you while you're jogging or something, it pauses the music. And there's also an inbuilt microphone so you can take calls. So they've packed a whole lot into that tiny device. Right, so Apple fans and technology followers have been... Um, you know, praising how they tend to really fix some of the problems associated with wireless um, listening to music. Mm. But all of this wireless, are, are there other ways that people can enjoy wireless listening without having to go to such compromises? Yeah, I actually, um, I'm, I'm kind of an old school guy and I like, you know, the headphones I already have, they sound good. I want to plug them into all the equipment I have. And in reading for a solution, I found uh, you can get kind of a dongle. So it's a little, you know, a pebble-sized thing. And that connects via Bluetooth to your device. And you plug whichever headphones you already own into that. And that sounds like a great solution because then uh, if you have what you want and it sounds good to you, you can keep using it. And to be fair, there are some drawbacks in all of this wireless uh, explosion uh, mm. everywhere. So, for instance, uh, I learned that if you're listening for more than five hours, mm -hmm. uh, you'll have to stop and uh, uh, recharge them because as every wireless device, it needs to be recharged. Yep. And also, um, one of the reviews that we, we saw on, I believe, Ars Technica uh, noted that you no longer have a little nub that you can use to change the volume without having to talk to a Siri yeah. uh, AI uh, assistant or other things like that. Yeah, it seems you get the choice. Uh, you can double tap the earphone to get a response and you can either have a play pause button or bring up Siri. So you would have to double tap and say, hey, Siri, pause the music. And In wait case for you can. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, this prompts um, other reflections. Um, we remember reading a lot of articles uh, a bit infuriated about this new device, about its price and the design and what have you, back in September when mm. Apple presented the new iPhone, which kind of demanded such new... Uh, device because it no longer has, as most people by now know, uh, the headphone jack, and uh, we we we're a little bit concerned with this proliferation of um, tech press that tends to be very much about talking about products that people haven't really had the time to review and test out properly. Uh, what do mm. you make of that? Yeah, there's a, always a strong reaction. I mean. Um it, when when news comes out, there's always a first opinion and there's usually tech-headed crowds, you know, the geekiest people want to discuss it. Um, but it can be a little bit premature if you make your judgment before you see the um, the whole solution. So I think Apple launching or, or announcing the earbuds, the earpods, the AirPods, AirPods. should I say, <laughs> before they were actually available, which is quite unlike Apple, it had to happen to go at the same time as they also announced they were getting rid of the headphone jack. Uh, and it could be that they're helping people into the next generation where we do use wireless solutions for audio. So I think um, we maybe need to give it a chance and see if we can move smoothly into that. I, I, I remember reading that this device is just like the normal earbuds. It sounds mm -hmm. exactly the same. So why should people pay for that? And obviously, aside from any comment on the pricing, uh, which I find very steep for that mm. kind of product, 
it's apparently not really true that they sound exactly the same. And so the, the design has changed so that allegedly the level of bass is mm. much better than it was before, mm. if that thing is of a concern uh, to people. So to me, it's very much an issue with the way the tech press uh, gets very excited about an announcement of a product and people want to comment on this and create mm. a lot of junk uh, articles mm. and videos and noise really uh, that covers some of the larger controversial mm -hmm. uh, bits about these products and we're flooded with such fake news in a sense mm. and uh, non-reviews that try to be reviews of products yeah yeah, my latest pet peeve is uh, when I go to to read a review of a product I'm interested in, and it's actually just a description of you know the specifications and what comes in the box, rather than a real assessment of whether it's a good product. I mean, these are the years where unboxing of products has become a genre on YouTube, yeah. and uh, so apparently very popular, not just between makers of these videos, but also people who actually go there and watch all this unboxing. Mm. I, I personally can't really understand that. And there's also been a little bit of controversy about why is it that Apple had to postpone uh, mm -hmm. the actual selling of this product and w why was that? Well, th there's a bit of speculation, but a lot of people say they couldn't uh, manufacture enough on demand. Um, so it's about manufacturing speed. Uh, and, and I would speculate after seeing uh, what goes into the AirPods, it's very complicated and very small. So they might not have a very good yield. It might be that they, they intended to manufacture a million and, you know, 10% of them didn't meet quality control. Uh, so that's quite likely. Uh, or the other option is just sheer volume. And in a sense, we kept this as the uh, icing on, on the cake. But the worst news about this product mm. is actually its reparability score. Uh, mm. Our friends that I fix it uh, took a hard look at the product and took it apart and for the very first time in their history assigned a zero out of ten repairability score which is quite shocking uh, what have you found looking at uh, the teardown of that product uh, so so starting from the first moment of trying to open the casing all the way to the end the only uh, way of keeping it shut is glue so the end is glued on to keep the lid on so to speak the front is glued to the back the circuit boards are glued together uh, so there's very little way of accessing anything inside to repair it without destroying the actual external device. So we, we also read that uh, the soldering jobs done in, in these headphones mm. are, sorry, earbuds or AirPods, <laughs> is actually not ideal and with some yeah. discontinuity. Yeah. Can uh, you explain what that means? Yeah, as part of the teardown, because it's such a small device, they actually got some assistance in x-raying the AirPods. And so they were able to see on the board uh, areas of um, solder that had air bubbles in it, which would make it a, a, a non-perfect solder joint that might fail somewhere down the line. And it, it kind of implies that it was rushed or even that they're working to a scale too small to uh, to do consistently well. So if it's proven that it's impossible to repair or service these products, um, it's interesting to see what is their pricing model, mm -hmm. uh, particularly if you happen to need a battery servicing um, in one of the devices. So they're yeah. made, uh, there are three components. So in there the is set. a charging case. Uh, where you put them back in and then the two uh, devices. Mm -hmm. So there's three batteries uh, yeah. ultimately. 
and every time you need a battery replacement, you will need to fork about forty-five pounds. Yeah, and it claims that the repair is a battery repair, but I believe they would probably just give you a new one, a new device. Obviously, we can't ask directly Apple, or if anyone from Apple is listening, please let us know. But um, the difference is, if you haven't lost them, you will pay forty-five pounds for servicing. Mm-hmm. If you have lost them, you will have to pay sixty-five pounds for each, uh, which is interesting because it means that if you had to replace the three parts, it would actually be more expensive than mm-hmm. buying uh, a whole new set. And uh, to that note, actually, it's quite interesting to see um, how uh, this could provide a future new economy of lost and found uh, AirPods. Yeah, there's nothing that actually identifies these components um, to you or to an owner. So if you were to find a lost AirPod on the bus, you could just start using it if you had the rest of the set, which means uh, I'm sure there's bound to be enough spare parts rolling around that have been found uh, at festivals and nightclubs uh, that means people can put sets together and and resell them. So we can kind of envision a a future Pokemon-like reality where people go and look for them bits by bits and try to reassemble sets. Maybe some trading. I've got two lefts. Do you have a right? (laughs) So, and while they're not repairable, they might be repaired as in paired again Hmm. uh, to be used with a different device or... Uh, by a different person, which is quite interesting. You're listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm here with uh, music uh, expert uh, Ben Skidmore. So we've been talking about this brand new product that received maybe even too much publicity but what does it tell us about the future of listening and uh, uh, the way we shop and care for the headphones that we uh, normally buy well i'm i'm pretty traditional you know i um, i'm a musician and i i know what sounds good i have the speakers i like at home and i kind of need music everywhere i go um so i'm resistant to wireless but I'm also aware that it is the way we're going. And uh, one solution that's actually been raised is, you know, the most common thing to break on headphones is the cable, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with that, but uh, I don't think um, something small and losable would be the solution for me. So, yeah, one of the jokes that have been made about uh, this uh, wireless uh, uh, earbuds are, is that you could easily lose them and uh, uh, and that you could also be using them without being seen so they could very well be a teacher's nightmare in school in mm. a sense but actually looking at the kind of repairs we've done in the past as part of the network of restart parties across the world um, 70 headphones repairs have been attempted and it's interesting because um, that represents a small amount uh, less than 2.5% of all the repairs that we've uh, logged until now uh, by restart party organizers across the world Uh, but we've been very successful with these repairs more than we normally are Um, so 64% of these repairs have been successful and for the remaining uh, ones, most of them were deemed repairable, but needed more time or a little spare part mm-hmm. uh, in order to be completed. Um, 
And as you said, the main things that seem to break is uh, continuity between uh, the cable and the headphones. So mm. a typical scenario is headphones where you plug it in and only one channel works. So in a sense, this would be solved entirely, it would seem, uh, by wire using wireless headphones. Yeah, it would be one elegant way to just uh, rule out that problem. Um, because, uh, yeah, I find that it's always one channel goes and it's one end of the cable, either the plug or the, the headphones themselves. So I guess the trade-off is uh, relying on a battery. And as I wanted to mention earlier, the the thing about these uh, AirPods is they're so tiny and the battery is tiny that uh, it's only a matter of time. You know, all batteries have a lifespan and it seems like you're buying something that has a, a, a date on it that it's going to be uh, obsolete. So uh, for all the headphones that uh, we normally have, and I have various sets in front of me right now as we are at the radio station, so is there any tip that you have uh, for durability, how to make sure that the cable is kept in decent condition to minimize chances of breaking? Yeah, you, you can put the damage down to wear and tear, um, which means you can't avoid it, but you can reduce it. Uh, and the common thing is, and I'm guilty of this too, is wrapping my cable right around my phone or something in a hurry. And, and you end up bending it right around the plug or around where it joins on. So if you can avoid stressing the cable, uh, be gentle, or, or I've learned to wrap the cable around my fingers loosely and then keep that little loop in, in one piece. That's going to reduce stress on the cable. That's very helpful. Also, there are different models on the market. Some, and after a previous failure, I ended up choosing one such model, uh, allow you to unplug the cable. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, if the cable was to break at either end, you would be able to just replace the cable, which would be much, much cheaper and modular as in mm. standardized compared to having to resolder either part. Uh, would you give that piece of advice to people? Yeah, I think that is a, a great solution because it's it's not only sustainable infinitely, but you're putting the uh, control in the hands of the user. So rather than it being easy to repair if they take it to a repairer, they can identify the problem and solve it themselves. We've experienced uh, two different kinds of failures linked to these cables. And I'm, I'm being very particular about it because I think it's important for people to understand uh, what the trade-offs are. Mm -hmm. So I've witnessed, and you, uh, you've you done it yourself at our restart parties, uh, people trying to repair mm -hmm. um, a cable that needed a new uh, mini jack mm -hmm. at the top. Uh, and it would take a long time to resolder and very special skills to resolder these tiny bits altogether. While on the other end, uh, when the failure is closer to the headphone, uh, the repair is at times less challenging. How, mm. how is this different? Um, well, usually, especially if it's an over ear, you know, like a can style headset, um, inside there, there's literally just a speaker with two wires. So it's easy to just desolder those wires bring some fresh cable and solder that on. But down in the plug, it's really small and really cramped. Um, the plugs that you get on your devices are usually molded on, so they will assemble it and then mold plastic around it, which you have to destroy to, to access those cables. And the replacements are usually like a, a, a big screw together one, so they're quite bulky. But inside, everything's very close together and the cable used in headphones is uh, it's insulated, so it's uh, it's been tinned with a kind of lacquer 
so it doesn't conduct or solder naturally. You have to clean that lacquer off somehow. And that's the secret most people don't know, is you actually need to prepare the cable before you solder it uh, by burning it with a lighter or scratching it with a knife. And so, once you know that trick, it becomes easier. For me, all the more reasons to try to care <laughs> for the cable you already have and reduce chances of having to perform this. That yeah. sounds a little bit like magic. It's one of those jobs that needs a lot of patience, yeah. I remember a personal story um, at a time when we weren't yet running restart parties and I was living between London and Nairobi and one, my headphone set broke, that stopped working and it's one of these noise cancelling ones mm -hmm. and um, I didn't realise that the problem had to do with uh, a leakage in the battery that I was using. So I was travelling to Nairobi where the repair culture is very much more thriving compared to, in Lo to, to London. And uh, I was very much inspired by visiting a, a repair business which uh, took simply a toothpick and a few minutes of inspection and uh, not only fixed the problem, but also showed me how I would uh, deal with this problem uh, if it ever came back. Obviously, this tells tell you a little bit about my lack of experience with such problems back then but it's also about uh, realizing that with some of these products particularly headphones we tend to really really get into them and so we don't necessarily want to give up particularly mm. if they sound good yeah you know I, like i think with most music equipment it's personal and uh, you know what you like and you want to maintain that for whatever reason whether it's uh you know the size of the things or the sound they give you or the portability you should be able to keep the equipment that you have. Uh, so I think um, these things should be more reliable and more repairable um, because they're personal. But as you said, wear and tear is mm. uh, a real concern. So I find myself five years later with the same headphones and now the ear pads were completely gone. And someone might have spotted a picture of myself with the foam ring coming out of mm. the headphones on the internet. and. It took me, uh, well, a little bit of research uh, prompted by some comments on social media and uh, finding the right person who helped me resaw uh, the actual old earpod and find a way to cover the damage with a, a layer of new fabric because I really like my device. But it's not always easy or possible to um, repair or replace parts in these devices. And at times, we found that the price for spare parts, when they're actually available, which is not very often, mm. can be kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, it seems um, that the price for spare parts is similar across all models, um, but it's a little bit prohibitive on cheaper headphones because you're going to spend quite a large part of the cost on re repairing it when you could actually buy a new set for not much more. Whereas if you had a, a high-value set, that you might find the spare parts cost the same as for the cheaper set, in which case it's worth it because you're paying a percentage to keep the device going longer. Just to, to give an example, we've mm. seen um, a model uh, sold by Sennheiser and we, we've actually recently bought a few of these for a project for our podcast listening station, uh, which people can still check out in London at Somerset House as part of the Utopia um, exhibit. and. Uh, the price, in case you ever needed to replace the earpads, the, the price for the earpads would be exactly the same as buying a new 
unit mm. of the product. And that does sound a little bit wrong. I can appreciate that the cost of shipping these parts might be high, uh, but there's something not quite right uh, in there because it really makes mm. you choose not to repair in most cases, unless you are really dedicated like we might be. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it brings in the question, is there a threshold at which something is throwaway rather than repairable? Because um, if you can repair it for free with skills, that's one thing. But if there are parts that match the cost of replacement, it, it's an economical question. Does, what, what's more informative to you? Do you want to go by your morals and ethics or do you want to go by money? Because for some people, money speaks stronger and for some people, ethics do. Um, whereas if you know you invested in some very high value ones, you would it would be a no brainer. Well, to me, that also is a reminder of how we should care for the things that we care about. Meaning, if your headphones are important to you, mm -hmm. uh, you should find a way to minimize the wear and tear. And so, probably, I didn't even notice that just by throwing them into my backpack whenever I wasn't using them, uh, the earpods probably got more and more damaged. Mm. And maybe they did come, the set actually did come with... Um, a little box that they're okay. supposed to be stored in, which obviously I put aside because I was lazy. But actually, I'm sure that would have increased the lifespan of the ear pads uh, in my particular model. So it's interesting to keep in mind uh, the, the, the level of convenience versus durability uh, in the way we approach our mm. products. And the same is true for well more than just headphones. There's also other models that are uh, being pushed out potentially as tests uh, linked to the circular economy. We've seen a brand in the Netherlands, uh, I believe it's called Gerard Street or Gerard mm -hmm. ST, um, which is proposing a model where people might be renting um, their headphones for 7.5 euro a month mm. and if you want the supermodel or the boss model as they call it it's actually 10 euro a month what do you make of this it my first reaction was kind of to raise an eyebrow and say well that's a lot of money but then i guess if you're someone who travels a lot or you um you're one of those people who's clumsy and damages your equipment a lot you might find it's a nice way to have peace of mind to know you've always got to the latest or the good condition headphones you need. And I guess it might be useful for people who want to try something for a while and don't want to invest in very high-end equipment, but they want to see how they get along with it. In this case, it seems a little bit strange because obviously the price for a decent pair of headphones can't possibly be more than a one-year subscription mm. uh, to this type of service. Uh, and sure, uh, any repair would be taken care of by just simply sending back and getting another pair, mm. which is uh, enticing. But at the same time, I think most headphones probably do tend to last without any fault for maybe three or four years yeah. before they start developing um, particular faults. Uh, I agree that for other uh, products, uh, services that promote month-by-month uh, -month, uh, rent approach might be um, a good solution to try out the product that you're not necessarily certain you want to keep. But headphones being so personal mm. makes you want to get one pair that you like and then keep it for as much, uh, as yeah. long as possible, I, I agree. think. Good. Uh, well, if you have any more questions about headphones or if you want to see uh, the result of my little repair, you'll have to check out uh, 
our blog post about this show on therestartproject.org. Uh, we have uh, an event coming up in London next week. It will be the first The Restart Party of the year and it will be taking place in Hampstead at the Heath Street Baptist Church on Tuesday, January the 17th from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. You can find out more about the Restart Project on social media at Restart Project, uh, both on Facebook and Twitter. And until next week, thanks, Ben, for all your tips. Cheers. Bye. Felix Kubin in the Church of Barrow and you're listening to Resonance FM 